AM Caffeine Show. What up? It's your boy DOC. Young Free. Yo. Uh, Smooth D. And your man. Uh, my phone is real. That was my mother. Come on, cuz. Um, <laughs> to your mom? To my mom, my bad. Uh, Marlo J in the building. She's here. Uh, no Portia Coleman. Because why come? Because Portia Coleman is now, um, not not exactly a reoccurring role as of yet, but she is doing three episodes of Empire with the possibility of there being a reoccurring role. Come on, Empire. So, uh, Marlo J's here. And, uh, so that's what that is. And if you would see Marlo J in her jeans, who makes those jeans? Bugle Boy? Are those Bugle Boy jeans you wear? That's not, it's not that I would not care. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Because Marla, I'm not mad. Bust to make me feel good. Bust to make me feel good. AM Caffeine Show. Easy. Um, so today, very special guest, a friend of the AM Caffeine Show, but he hasn't been with us in three years, uh, yeah. Smooth D. It's been a minute. It's been yeah. three years. The last time this legendary rap artist, uh, businessman was with us. Was actually the day that Straight Outta Compton came out. If you remember yeah, that smooth yeah. D, right? That wasn't three years ago. It was three years ago, 2015. Yeah. Well, uh, not just yet. Not it, it, in June, you figure in it's July. It's coming up in July. In July I mean, to be official be, all the way. Right. Well, she's right about two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. Yeah. And Marlon, be quiet. You look. You really look good in them jeans, but right. you know, so be careful. <laughs> right. That Be voice careful. right there is the one and only my man, Cole 187. Hutch from above the law. What's up? What's up? What's up, Doc? Doc is one of my oldest friends in the game. Right. So he'd be like, I'm an old friend to the show, but he's really my partner. You know, we used to like hit Move every around. club in LA together Uh-oh. before we really got turned up in exactly. the music industry. For real. I mean, we talking about what, 90? I mean, that's 89, early, 90, early 90. Man, we was just having fun. Early 90s, yeah, when, man. When hip hop was on AM. Right, right. Exactly. And Hutch has been the same been the coolest cat from day one has at least with me oh, hasn't yeah. changed i know there's yeah. some people in the industry yeah. that may have some problems yeah. i never some had no problem in the industry had problems i'm with sure me back they then. did too. you know that <laughs> they're they my partners but you know I'm sure oh, we all good did. now Doc. All good know, we always we're be older. partners we're older yeah. now <laughs> um, and real grown Hutch, what have you been doing and since I seen you last? I know you had an album and you had a bunch of features on the album. Yeah, I had the um, Black Godfather uh, soundtrack, right. which is, which is out now. So it's everywhere: iTunes, Yotunes, MyTunes, Amazon. Right. But I, I it was gonna be um a, a independent film, but I turned it to a, a television series. So I'm working on the pilot right now. Wow. So the soundtrack will become the first season. Right. Yeah. And um, I, me and Cocaine have a have a group called AOGF. Okay. Um, that's coming out um, this summer. So we worked on that. Like right after I finished doing working with Dre on that record, I went in and did the Black Godfather. Then right after that, I started working on Cocaine's album, which is out now. It's Cocaine Not Lemonhead. Single drop tomorrow. Way too long. And okay. the video drops tomorrow. And then we worked on our group album, which comes out this summer. Wow. So it's called We Have Returned. So AOGF, We Have Returned. So, yeah, because yeah. I haven't seen... Cocaine in a while. Yeah, yeah, you trying to lay low, lay low, right? They've been laying low. I mean, they just finished um, uh, Snoop with uh, mixtape with Snoop. Okay, which will be out. I think 
the 20th of this month or something like that. Okay. Yeah. So um, they just a, finished that's that. That's a great day. To and um, he had, you know, he did the thing with Corrupt. And, and why um, is that, Marlo J? Hold, hold on. Why, why is that a good day to bring it it's up? It's a great day to bring What's it that? up, February 20th, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Marlo's that's birthday. That's your birthday? Hey, oh, happy, happy birthday. Because I won't see you, but happy birthday. Happy birthday, I'll right. I'll be way somewhere else. I'll come to your party if you invite me. I'm yeah. inviting you right now. Oh, 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 She said she got sex. 17 she, friends. Right, I got to come. Right. But I just come to see you. Right. You want some jeans like that? Have them jeans. Them jeans that do it every time. Oh, my God. Oh, wait. Yeah, because she's wearing a yellow dress, and she's... She's going to come through like sunshine. I know. That's right. Let there be sunshine. (laughs) Yeah. So, and you know, also, you know, I've been developing a a few little media things. You know, I got Rock Boy Honeys about to launch in April. So you guys have got to check out Rock Boy Honeys, man. If you can follow my man on Instagram. Instagram. Yo, Hutch, you put up a picture of this girl the other day. (laughs) Oh, my God. I I think she had... Tattoos, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you, you can only see one. it like in her back and her. Oh, oh, yeah, oh yeah. my Everybody god! Everybody like that picture, I, as, as they should. That was a picture of the day for for that day. I, I don't really know why everybody liked that picture. I thought it was all right. So, yeah. how do you for your rock boy honeys? Okay. How do you find these females? Do they sometimes do they submit to you? Like, yeah. Some you? of them submit to me. But some I research. Okay. Like, I researched a certain models. Because when I first started Rock Bowl Honeys, I was on a plane from Miami to New York. And then when I, by the time I got to L.A. from my my uh, my long flight to L.A., I had developed this thing called Rock Bowl Honeys in my head. And it was to do something like a, a internet magazine, but that promotes models on the web. Okay. Right? So, it's a, it, so what it Rock Bowl Honeys is, is an internet magazine, which is a modeling network. So what I do is I get models online to submit pictures, but I also pick models. So I, I pick I, I pick a day out the week where I pick a lot of different models. I hit them up. If they want to submit something, they say, okay, Hutch, whatever you want to do. Right. So I kind of come up with a theme for all these different style of urban models. Okay. You know, and that's how I pick them. Right. Basically, if they want to submit something, I say, okay, is this cool to do? Is this cool to do? So a lot of stuff I do, I try to, if you know Rockbone Honeys is really sexy. Very. But it's every kind of flavor of urban models. It's short ones, tall ones, skinny ones, big big booty ones. You know, it's, it's a wide range, but it's just for urban models. It's not, even the high fashion, like when you see Sexy Sundays, that's all the women. And I never really get any feedback from nothing but women on Sexy Sundays because it's more like women dressed up. But all through the week, the bikini girls, you know, I have a day for every type of girl. Right. Hot right. jalapeno Mondays, <laughs> chocolate Tuesdays, which is for all the sisters. Right. You know, hump day is for every thunder, big right. booty girl on the planet that I like to pick. Right. Today is curvy Thursdays. It's the thick women, you uh-huh. know, curvaceous. Right. Damn. You know. He <laughs> right. Yeah. Thursdays is nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Friday is Honey's Fit Friday. Okay. Because what I have on Rockbone Honey's, which is a, which, when it launches, you'll see that it's a it's a magazine network that that caters to all these different types of models. I have six different magazines that you can download. I have a Fit magazine. I have a Glam magazine. I have Honey's, which is more like um, Swim Sports Illustrated Swim. Then I have showgirls, which is like the turn up girls, the big booty girls, all that. Right. You know, um, I have boss lady coming out that I'm developing, which is more for business women. Okay. You know, and then I have um, curvy divas, which is the big girls, you know, the curvy girls. So, so the idea yeah. with these magazines, so each of these magazines, they highlight just different types of urban of females. Got of females. Got you. And then I'll launch, the, I'm going to launch the network to it and everything where I have more like, 
um, content, video content and stuff like that, shows and stuff like that. I've been developing it about two years now. Right. So it's, it's been kind of cool for me. I'm going to launch it uh, in April this year. Okay. i just been so busy, man. I, and I got a mixtape that's dropping on uh, April um, Friday the 13th. Oh. Which is called From Pomona With Love, Volume 2. And it's a boom bap mixtape because nobody, you know, really I come from a lyrical. Absolutely. You know me. You know, you know I'm really a hip-hop dude. Right. But I happen to create, I'm the creator of G-Funk. And when I started doing a lot of G-Funk stuff for my band, Above the Law and Cocaine, people kind of thought it was like, oh, but I come from that era of, like my big influence as MCs is kind of like Rakim, Chuck D., people like that, Run. You know, so I'm more of a lyrical guy, so I'm, a, I'm doing this mixtape it's a mixtape style but it's original music but it's more lyrical based right everything is about the skill the right. skill set the whole record did you produce you know, most of this I did, i'm producing the whole record only only i only produce i cuz i have two staff producers and then i have chill from cmw that produces the three records wow. that they're doing and then all of it's me right you know and it's big it's, it's big doc cuz it's more like breakbeatish with cold ass melodies on it and shit like that. Wow. You know, so that, that drops eight, what is that? That drops on uh, April, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah. It's nice. called From Pomona With Love. Nice. So, yeah. is that going to be something that's are you, for free or folks got to, are you selling but right it? now, uh, right now, because I'm going to have the pilot done because I'm, I'm dropping the first season as a web, as webisodes on my own site. So I'm going to um, do the mixtape with that, with the first season of The Black Godfather. So okay. it'll it'll be uh, free to stream and download, you know, but you're also going to be available to get it once I drop a whole package of music as well with merchandise and all that stuff, too. Okay. So, yeah. So you out here working. Oh, yeah, man. That's all I do, man. I'm an entrepreneur. What I'm going to do, man? You know, Trump's the president. I got to get my money like I always been getting it, Jack. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I've been a husband since the 80s, man. Right. You know, I don't know nothing else, man. It's crazy to me because that's all I know. Oh, I'll be in studio with Dre next week, too, so by the oh, way. Oh, wow. Hold you know on. I mean? so let you me just say don't, that. You just don't just throw that. And Dre got oh, a new incredible album coming, you know what I'm saying? I don't know when it's coming, but it's that was incredible. Is it going to come? Yeah. I, hey, I'll, I'll see next week. <laughs> you know, I know. <laughs> so how, it's incredible. Has your relationship with, with Dr. Dre... Mm-hmm been consistent or yeah. did you guys it, yeah, yeah, yeah. always been consistent oh, yeah, the whole yeah, yeah. time we always been good friends see I, I think I think it's funny because you know you know the story about G-Funk right you know with, with G-Funk I was a young producer you know with a great idea around a bunch of cats that you know really respected but I was the younger guy so when the whole G-Funk thing kind of took off and then we the click broke up the crazy part about it is I never didn't was threatened by like Dre using it on the chronic. I okay. kind of thought it was kind of an honor to be the young producer. My biggest problem was is that the public was never able to give me credit for it. Absolutely Because not, no one credited me for it. Right. I didn't, because think about it. If if I influence one of the greatest records in hip-hop, I ain't mad at that. Right. That's right. a beautiful thing for me. And above right. the law, we had a big, we had a great career. You know, rest in peace, KMG, man. Absolutely. You know, because we still be doing it real strong if my man Kev was here, man. So I kind of lay off of that because of that, because my brother, man, you know, I don't really, uh, we really be smashing people in their heads, you know, because we music guys, right. you know. So, yeah, I mean, it, it I'm only thing that made my relationship different with Dre was kind of like the distance of all of us, you know, with the clicks breaking up and different people involved in business and different, you know, stuff like that. Not really the creative part, because really the creative part, I love working with Dre, man. You right. know what I mean? Like, I, you know, we learn a lot from each other, man, because, you know, I grew up as a musician, so 
I know a little bit more than the average bear in this. You know hey, what I mean? what's so, funny is that Marlo J, when I, you know, Marlo and I were talking and I told her who our guest was because she, she didn't know who was coming. And she okay. was like, oh, my goodness, his dad is, and he comes from a family yeah, of, so right. Marlo yeah. knew the background. Oh, dope, yeah. But yeah. definitely let folks know that you do yeah, my dad. come who your, who your yeah, father my, is. My dad, my dad is Richard Hutch, which is Willie Hutch's producer and writer. You know, Willie Hutch is my uncle. Then they did the Mac. They worked for the Jacksons. They wrote for the Commodores, the Miracles. They're like Motown royalty. Right. Were you so, around at yes. that time? So yeah, you I was saw around, all that. Yeah, I was around. The, the records that I was around, I was old enough to witness, like, the Mac. Like, you guys, you know? like, your so, family actually had, like, the soundtrack of decades. That's right. <laughs> it's like... They touched everything that was amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's incredible because, like, I was so young, I really don't remember it much but learning how to play the piano at my grandmother's house. You know what I mean? That's, like, one of my best memories. You know what I mean? Like, but I seen plaques on the wall. Like, what is that? Right. I want one of them. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I seen I'll Be There plaque on the wall. I'm like, wow, what is that? Like, that's crazy. I want one of those. Yeah. And I have a bunch of them in my house now. It's incredible. You know right. what I mean? Like, but it's funny because Cocaine's dad, Jerry Jerry B. Long uh, Sr., he wrote uh, Smiling Faces, all, all that kind of stuff. Like, he's an incredible writer and a composer, too. So we're kind of out of our family we're like the only two kids that really caught the music bug. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All of our other cousins just like, oh, music is cool. We kind of caught it. You know what I mean? So right. like my brothers, my sisters, they do all kind of them. One is a referee. One is this. Uh, one is that. You know what I mean? <laughs> my sister was, is, is a financial expert. You know what I mean? Only people caught the music bug was like me. Out of my my brothers and sisters, out of his brothers and sisters. only like, So as him. the cousins, it's, it's only like two of us that kind of follow the legacy so and yeah we did a lot in the music industry man my dad my dad always you know my dad taught me so much coming in the music industry it was crazy creatively now they couldn't help us because i think the transition was crazy when we came into the music industry like i was gonna do if if you guys remember the last dragon Absolutely. I was going to do the rap part on the last dragon yeah i was gonna do that but i was too young yeah, I was there when he made those records. Yeah, I was there when that. I I, I was. I, I remember going to the studio. I, you know what records I seen get made? A lot of the debarge stuff. Wow. What? Yeah, a lot of the debarge stuff. I would go to the studio. It's when they first moved to L.A. So when they were debarge or when they, when they were switched? Not switched when they were debarge. The debarge uh-huh. Because that's when they moved everything to L.A. Right, the, right. They moved Motown to L.A. Yeah. So was, I got to see all that. It was crazy, man. Wow. You know, I met Michael Jackson. I met Michael Jackson. Just don't throw that out there. No, no, no. no I'm just telling you stories. I mean, but, but you talking I about Michael Jackson. Michael I feel Jackson a kind at of way. my family barbecue. You see what just happened here? Okay. Michael Jackson just showed your damn barbecue. <laughs> yeah. He just show up. He really like fried Michael chicken. Michael Jackson was at my barbecue too. Oh, I mean, he was just on record. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. I'm he just saying that's person. how incredible my life was, was bro. Right. You know what Did I mean? Did you know he was Michael at that time, or he was just like, <laughs> Are you crazy? I mean, you've been knowing Michael was Michael since he was Michael. Michael. And he's just sitting <laughs> there talking old. to my dad and all that, and he's like, I'm like, What's going on here? And he's like, oh, how y'all doing? He's sitting down watching TV with us, eating ribs and all kinds right. of stuff. <laughs> Me and my little sister's like, that's Michael that's Jackson. That's Michael Jackson, right. ribs. So it's like funny, man, because like these people that I kind of, and maybe a whole bunch of other people, like the Motown picnics, I used to go to those. Right. 
Marvin Gaye, all these different people was there, yo. It's crazy. But you don't know. You just know all oh, these people that my pops work with. Yeah, Who's yeah, that? yeah, yeah. You don't you're understand like, and then you, that until way older, later. You're like, oh, dude. Are you yeah. still cool with any of the people? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm cool, cool with a lot of people that I run into that that know me. Um, but it's it's crazy because like so many people knew my dad and my uncle. Like one time, I was getting ready to do the last record with Above the Law on uh, Tommy Boy, and um, Isaac Hayes was going to compose it with me. Wow. So when we and Isaac Hayes started talking, like, yeah, I know your uncle, I know your dad. So, the, what, so, so was it all talking. the strength of was it all oh, the yeah. strength of because oh, yeah. of your family? Yeah, he knew yeah. the Hutches. He yeah. knew he's like, okay, yeah, I know y'all. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I was recording the record, but Tommy Boy they didn't want to pay for Isaac Hayes. Right. But Isaac Hayes was so cool. He's like, whatever you need, my my name's Gregory. So he said, whatever you need, Gregory, just call me, call me nephew. I will call this dude, and me and this dude will go over cards on the, the phone. phone. That's crazy. I'll go right here. See, go right here. Move right here. Move. So a lot of the record, when I was composing stuff, I'm on the phone with him like, okay, uh, move right here. He said, yeah, move right there. Go right here. I'm like, dang, this is crazy, man. Yeah. So thank you. You're right. My family was well-respected yeah. in the that industry. Really, really like, it's crazy. Is. I didn't even know that. Because when you get older... Then you start knowing the value of who your parents were, who your yeah. uncles were, who all these people, how these people respected them. And that's crazy. I learned it from, um, actually, from a friend of mine that uh, does URL, which is the Ultimate Rap League. It's like, oh, okay. a, you, yeah. you familiar with URL? Eric Beasley actually told me. Because oh, yeah. I was like, you know, all these songs kind of have the same vibe. And he was right. like, oh, that's that's Willie Hutch. Right. And I was like, that's a whole era. I was like, right. yeah. really? Yeah, yeah. I was just like. It's a thing. So. <laughs> Coming from the musical background that you came from, and then you getting involved mm. in, in rap, how did your yeah. family? How did your family exactly. feel about oh, that? Because at it. that time it was oh, so hated so new. They had they hated it. They about said, you, "Are you crazy? <laughs> you, went, we, you you studied music all your life to do this crazy shit." Yeah, <laughs> that would have told me. Right, my dad and my uncle told me that. Like so they you're it was a crazy. Phase too. They thought it was a phase. Well, I bought the demo of Above the Law, which was murder rap. Mm. Untouchables, mm. Ballin', mm. and Minister Society. Woo! They said, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> and I said, "No, I just I'm feeling." Uh, uh, uh. You said, "Well, they like, hey, you know, because there are there are more creative guys, so uh-huh. they understood it was like we can't take this to nobody we know, right? Uh, Y'all yeah. talking about everything you talking about, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Right. <laughs> but they saw the music integrity in it. Because my dad, he pulled me to the side. He said, you know, I love the music. He said, I'm not with the, I'm not with the, um, the lyrics, lyrics. content. Yeah. Lyrical content. But, hey, you know, you got something. Just stick to it. Find somebody. And then maybe about six months later, we met Laylaw. Mm-hmm. You know. And then he took us to Ruthless. And that was it. And that was it. He took wow. us to Eric and Dr. Dre. And it was like, these dudes is off the chain. When you know? so so when when was it that your family read like oh no like they're really doing something like when, when oh, was that, that moment was, for them that made was I think well for my dad it was like he was so proud because I had an, I had two number ones Untouchables and Murder Rap went number one he was like ah oh, I'm so proud of you like you did it you know what I mean he's just like you oh, know that's awesome yeah my dad really was like mo- yeah, my dad is like my dad is like a writer he's more from the creative part he always taught me like a hit. Is whatever's around you. He said, son, if that's what you're experiencing, you have to talk about it. Right. You know, my uncle's more like a hard-nosed, old-school musician type of thing. <laughs> like, man, I don't really know what y'all doing, but it's funky, man. You yeah. know what I mean? He couldn't yeah. get it. 
Because when we were really little, it was the corny rap. You know, he have us in there doing a little corny kitty rap, you know, about the cartoons and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So then you grow up and you get ex- you get exposed, exposed to, to the streets things. and the drama. The 80s were crazy. Yeah. So, you know, and I was hustling. So I was kind of rebellious to what my family was doing. I was how more like start? a rebel. So how mm-hmm. did you, you know, coming from, again, mm-hmm. from your family, musical mm-hmm. family, and how did you or who introduced you to... The street life, life and the stuff that you were involved in. Life, because when I when I was really young, I was more like an individual thinker, and you know how they say, like my grandparents used to tell me, like you know who you hang around with is what you become. So kind of like all of my friends was like knuckleheads, and I kind of like start running and, and living that life and stop listening to people. It's crazy because I started hustling for maybe about three years, right? Didn't do any music, just wrote. Didn't do any music, and then. My childhood friends, which we all was hustling together, kind of happened to be interested in music, and then we formed above the law. Wow! You know what I mean? Because we wanted to get out of the streets. Yeah, we didn't want to get because yeah, the '80s was so crazy, it was so tempting, and you know, every chick you run into, she want a D boy. You know how right. it was. You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude, you work for UPS, right? Nigga, please, you work for UPS. Yeah, right. You know, what I mean? dude, like we gotta Marlo get some J. money, Jack. Right. I think we hit it. I think you hit a spot. I'm just saying, J. but that's how it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they were. I mean, girls were really great then, but you know, it was like you know the drug dealers and the dudes that worked. The money was moving fast. Yeah, and the persons and and Louis was Louis was the thing back then. Yeah. Louis and Gucci, they wanted all of that. Yeah, and all the yes. jewelry and the yes, big honey. earrings and, and all that, right? The yes. Turkish and all yes. that. Yeah. So, yeah. so as yeah. I started becoming a teenager and start being exposed to that kind of life, I kind of like took to it, kind of like it's kind of a lifestyle. You know, like being young and rebellious. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do it. Bro. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have to do it. I just did it. I, and, and not that I didn't have to do it, but my family wasn't giving me anything. We're a family of workers. So whatever I had to you earn, have to get out there, I had get to get out there. You know, like eighteen, get out the house. You know, uh-huh. like that kind of thing. So right. for me, I was like, man, I'm almost eighteen. I left my house when I was a senior because I was out wilding. Uh-huh. My dad was like, you got to get out the house. You're doing way too much. You're doing way too much. Come home when you want to come running. You know what I'm saying? So I got out the house. You know what I'm saying? So then I started hustling. You know, with with DJ Chaos and KMG, and then we formed above the, the, the law from that. Yeah, like maybe about. Three years of us in the streets just going wild, getting a bunch of money. We formed above the law, you know, and I because we because uh, they DJed mm-hmm. and I was just the MC. Right. And then we bought KMG to the front because we wanted to do a group thing. And then we added DJ Gomac because he was a writer for us. We all was a dope click, you know, right. like dope boys. We also dope together. Yeah. So we just fo- we just came up with a concept and called it Above the Law because how we used to get out in the streets. Right. right. You know, and, and a lot of people don't realize that Above the Law doesn't really mean anything to do with the law. Right. <laughs> it don't have nothing to do with that. It means we live by our own rules because that's what we live by. Like fuck the fuck everybody. We're going to get money and fuck them. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. That's that's why we were more political and gangster. Because we were more rebel. We had more of a rebel mentality mentality to everything. You know what I mean? We made our music. So we were probably one of the most political gangsters because we were highly influenced by Public Enemy and NWA. Okay. So that's why we merged it and merged it. You know, and then then we built built above the law. But it really came from the hustle. And that's how I got caught up, just being a rebellious kid, man. You know, I come from humble beginnings, but I come from workers. So they like, you got to go get yours. No one's giving you anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So even if I was to build, I think me and Chaos, when we were in high school, me and Chaos, we did a deal with a, we had a record deal when we were in high school on Champion Records. It's out of London. Wow. We used to be in a group called Arisons of Rock. 
and that was our first deal. And we the hustled wizards? up on that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I got a good thing. It's a record. It's a European record about a Wizards of Rock. So I got a good thing. Wow. We had to be about 15, 16 years old. We were in high school when we did that record. Wow. We always hustled. We always was hustling music. But when the, when crack came in, the money came in and the corruption came in. Uh-huh. And, and that's greed itself. Yeah, you got a lot of kids that don't understand, like, oh, the trap life, the this life, the that life. I live that life, you know, for my own reasons, you know, to get paid. Right. You know? And not to say it like that, but that's the era I grew up in. And, you know, the gangster stuff is involved in that type of environment when you're in, in that environment. Because, so, mm-hmm. you know, I used to be in the in the hip-hop scene crazy, you know? Right. So, you know, I still was doing my thing in the hip-hop scene, but I was getting a lot of money, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I didn't have a problem with it. So when I came into the industry, I was like, look, I'm a real dude. Right. I don't know really th- anything else but to get money. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I felt about it. So it... It, it's it's like when I look at the game now, I'd be like, all these things are kind of like um, image based. Indeed. Well, well, guess what? Above the Law's image was who we were. We were street hustlers, and, and, and that's what we were really put doing. On records, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, back then, you know, what your whatever image you put forward, right. you had to be able to back it up. That's true. You know, now it's just like, no, I'm just rapping. Right. No, I'm exactly. just, that, no, that's not who I am. I'm a performer. Yeah, you were going to get called for it when they saw you in the street. Exactly. If you yeah, say you busting exactly. guns, you better I, bust the What gun. I like about our era is the fans. They check you. You had to be in check. Yeah. Hey, yeah. dude, you sound like such and such. <laughs> Don't put that record out. Kill it, that. It, That's it, what I loved about it. It's like it made you be the A100% artist individual and, and, and outside of and that that's a great point but even outside of the fans back then being sounding like somebody else being a biter like that yeah. wasn't cool the fans, you, did, you did everything that you possibly could not to sound like right, that right, next right. you could still respect them that's right but mm-hmm. you weren't trying to sound like anybody else and i think that was our fear doc you know what i mean like that kept us really working at a high level mm. that we knew you gonna get called on your shit right right <laughs> we knew it yeah we knew the kid you know you're looking at yourself right. see that's what i love about that era see it's messed up that people don't know this Let's rewind the tape. Let's go 1988. Let's, say, let's rewind the tape. Thank you, DJ. Let's go 1988. And it was quiet like this for hip hop. It was cool, but it was only after dark or in the park mm-hmm. or in the clubs and this and that. Now, all of a sudden, the party get the popping, right? Okay. It's starting to make money. Why is it starting to make money? Because all these people is doing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And they capitalizing on it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, dig it. All right, we keep going. We keep growing. We keep on growing. We keep on growing. We keep on growing. We keep on growing. I remember a time like this. You could take a record to a, a, to a, um, to a record company, and just because it was hip-hop, they'll put it out. And the executives <laughs> will tell you this. We don't know what it is, Hutch, but we know it's sale. Right. So it started growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. It came up to now a billion dollar industry. And in the late 80s, guess what, y'all? 86, 87, it wasn't even an industry. Mm -hmm. It was just some kids making some records, talking a whole bunch of shit. Mm -hmm. So now I trip off of it because of that. 
Because what people don't know about hip-hop, one of the only forms of music that built itself by the people right. who yeah. did it. Right. It didn't come from rock. It didn't come from... It came from kids booming and bapping and rapping and breakdancing and doing that and built a billion-dollar industry. So when you look at people like the Above the Laws and all these people who blaze your trails, Migos... You need to get in props because guess what? A record company wouldn't open their doors for you for what you're doing with your music if it wasn't for us taking that risk. My brother Mustafa once told me one time, he said, Hutch, when we was out there hustling, man, he said, check this out, man. Y'all was talking about that rap shit, man. We thought y'all was astronauts, man. We thought y'all was out of space aliens or something, man, because it wasn't no industry. So y'all crazy, man. Y'all think y'all be rap stars? We just getting this. We selling this dope, man. We getting this money. Look at these cars, man. Look at this gold, man. Y'all crazy, man. And the next thing they know when they were selling a whole bunch of dope in Chicago and St. Louis getting big money, we was on MTV. Uh. And, he, and, my, and my brother Mustafa told me, he said, that's when I knew. You motherfuckers is special, man. This shit is special, man. <laughs> right. Because we was getting money, man. And everybody around the planet know this from New York to L.A. There, Everybody know this, but a lot of people don't know what I'm telling them. They think rap was always here. I, I was in the industry so long where well, they didn't let us in the Grammys, and we were selling more records than the people wow. that was nominating, Speak man. Speak on it. Yeah. Speak on it. You know what I'm saying? We were never on the radio till after 6 o'clock when it was some DJ spinning our record and for a, that hour and, and, from and 6 to 7 traffic jam, show. man. You right? You know what I mean? Yeah. You ain't going to respect Rock Kim. You ain't going to respect Nas. You ain't going to respect Cole 187. You don't respect that. Yachty ain't going to respect Tupac. Is you crazy? Right. We why you got a record deal. We why they interested in anything you saying with a beat to it, rhyming, whatever you rhyming, mush mouth, muffle mouth, whatever it is. <laughs> we reason. We the reason, man. That's why I don't like the. That's why I don't like the way the game do us. It ain't nobody old and bitter. Hey, man, I done traveled around the world and now yah yah and I fuck the baddest bitches you could ever think about, man. And made a whole bunch of cake and got a lot of gold and platinum records on my wall. And guess what? Two artists that I produce is in a rock and roll hall of fame. I ain't mad at no amigos. Okay, I'm giving you a turn. I gave you a chance. I gave you a chance, and that's what all these OG. Rappers and, and they gotta protect that part and let them know. We yeah. gotta let them know that Look, we just built this. Appreciate us. Yeah. It's cool. We don't got no problem with none of that. Right. It just it just bothers me, man. Pay homage. It it just bothers me. I ain't telling you to kiss my chucks like show enough. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't telling them to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, understand why you exist. Cause I understood why. I'm who I am, my musical legacy. I understood and I respect that. And they didn't even want to R and B artists. Just like my dad and my uncle didn't even want us to do what we were doing. Yeah. Because they didn't understand it. So I understand when people don't understand when our music changed. But you're talking about people who built this music. Mm-hmm. We're not. See, here's what people don't make points of. They try to get on everything and, and, and make it seem like the mad old person. But the mad rapper is rapping. He's not the mad old dude who used to do R&B. He's the mad old dude that you're not giving props. That's a reason why you got a record deal. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? It's different. If, if, he was if, different. When Gladys, Knight, when Gladys Knight stood up for rappers, we were so proud. Of, you know, happy for Gladys Knight. You know what I mean? But when other, rap, when other uh, R&B artists shot us down, we was like, man, we're not even bothering y'all. We're not even doing them. not even taking doing, nothing, not away even from y'all. Taking nothing away from y'all. Yeah. But when a, a new rapper say he don't got respect for an old rapper, it's like, a rock and roll artist saying he got no respect for old rock and roll artists. Mm-hmm. We do what you do. Mm-hmm. We're the reason why you exist. It, I, I didn't do R&B. I did hip-hop. I came up doing hip-hop. So 
you do need to respect me. Right. I'm sorry, you do. Uh-huh. Okay? <laughs> I'm happy that you got hit records. So do I. Right. But you do need to respect me. No one's mad at you. No one's going to call you on whether your music is whack or dope, but you need to respect me. Right. So hit. Okay? So... But, uh, I don't know if you heard the Migos had the nerve to say that they were the greatest group of all time in rap and pop. And I heard about Busy it. Busy Bone came out of, you know, he had to do that video and yeah. he shut him down. Like, Yeah, he like, made a good point. He made a very good point. I've seen that. I've seen Busy's reply, but I didn't see them say it. Now, do you feel that more artists like Busy or Cats back in the day need him to say this stuff? Absolutely. Okay. The reason why, I, I think the reason why is because when you look at people saying the greatest of all times, like, how many records have they made? Who, the Migos? Yeah. How many records have they made? Hit records? I don't know. I think three. Yeah. Three records. Three records, right? Three. three. Yeah. She's saying Billboard. Baby right? Probably yeah. about four. Three records. Three records that they made. Albums. You said the third not, album. Not right? mixtapes. Not mixtapes. I think it's albums. Albums. How many years? How many years have they been making records? They've been in the game for about maybe five. Now, you can't be the greatest of all time. Not, no. Your time is still going. Your you clock's can. still ticking. You've only had five years. Your right. clock's still ticking. How? How? How, how? is that all time? How? You're going to break up like the Beatles? The Beatles did that. You're going to break up like them? What? You might be then. You're never going to make any more records? What? Who's going to come tomorrow? Captain Crunk and the Funky Bunch might come tomorrow and outsell you. Who knows? I'm just saying. You don't know. I mean, how are you going to say that? When they said that, you know, oh, Bone sold a lot of records. And I've never heard Bone say that, so right. I don't know why they're saying that. But I don't have a problem with him saying it because, hey, you know, hey, I think I'm King Kong. You know, when I'm in the bed with a chick, yeah. well, she <laughs> might think different. You know, right. Hey, right. you know what I mean? So <laughs> everybody can call them whatever, you know. So everybody can call themselves whatever, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy because I, I definitely come from that era. And sometimes when, you know, I, I don't like the music that I hear now or, or gravitate yeah. to it. Sometimes, And when you express that, Sometimes you're like, man, am I just a bitter old dude? No. Can I say something about that, though? I'm going to say something about that. And everybody in the room will agree, but they probably never look at it like this. Music is a subjective thing. No single person is going to like the same thing that everyone does. So there may be some things that you say, oh, some things I like about the new era of hip-hop, but I'm more into the old era of hip-hop, right? Because it's a, a subjective thing. So when people say, oh, yeah. I'm not into this kind of music or that kind of music. Well, if I play this dope rock and roll song and you like it, then you're like, oh, I like that. But I'm not even it. That's why music is subjective. You know what I mean? It's it's And it's the individual's perspective. Mm-hmm. So if, if music comes from the individual's art point of view, the artist's point of view, then it only can be for those who can relate to what the artist is actually conveying. You know, so there's people that the Migo that 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 they can that can, can relate to the Migos, but you can't. Mm-hmm. That don't make the Migos whack. That just make it be like, it ain't no joke. Right, that's right. For me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. it's subjective at that point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because it's from an individual's perspective. You know? So that's kind of like quirky because people be like, well, who do you like? Who do you like? Oh, Nas, this, Nas. I wasn't a really, I'm not really a big Nas fan, but I love Nas the person. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. he's a cool guy, but I can't say I like other MCs from that era a little bit better, but that's a subjective thing because I love all of Nas's records. You get what I'm saying? So depending on how we talking about it, when people say the greatest of this and greatest of all times, it's kind of like the same thing. You know, if we could say a lot of groups, I could say NW in my era, uh, a run DMC or NWA or PE or what, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I can't really give it to the Migos after five records like that. And, yeah. and far as, li- and far as liking them, the whole world could like them, but I can still think they're not the greatest group of all times because they haven't even did 
they haven't had a time yet. Yeah. It's just the moment right now. Right. So it's kind of funny, man. Hip hop is hip hop is you know, hip hop is crazy right now, Doc, because look, it's worth billions and everybody at odds. Like yeah. it's worth billions and everybody mad at each other. Like, what I'm we like, at, like huh? we're mad at this is the most money that we've ever made. What are we upset? What are we upset about? We in the bees right now, y'all. Yeah. What y'all talking about? We better get this money and be quiet before they start being like, "Oh, they fighting." So you, you don't want you, you brought up uh, PE, right? And in mm-hmm. NWA, a lot mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. and obviously those are some of your favorite groups because you were in a group. But yeah. individually, if you were to mm-hmm. name your top five MCs, lyricists. Who would they be? For me, it's Rakim, it's Ron, yep. um, it's Tupac. Um, let me see. That's three, right? That's three. Mm. And we're getting caught. We're getting hard. We're getting hard <laughs> because there's a lot of guys in the 80s I like that are dope. Because really, oh, man, you got me. It gets man. rough, huh? The other two is kind of like, like lyrically, let me see. What would I say? You Rock said Rakim, Rock Rock Run, and Tupac. Chuck. Chuck, Chuck D. Chuck D. Okay. Because, I, you know, I pat, you know, when I was kind of patting so patted myself a little bit. Chuck D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the hard. Rough, yeah, but, you yeah. know, you, I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can <laughs> right, hear right. that. Right, People said that in high school. When I was in high school, they like, you sound like Chuck. I can hear that. You know what I mean? So, I'm like, yeah. Um, so, Chuck. And then my last one. Oh, man. It's kind of crazy, man. Probably. It's funny. But like, far as me being entertained, would be Biggie. Okay. Yeah, okay. that would be Biggie, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't, cause, cause the me, cause, cause to me, I, I, I like like a Jay Z. I like those guys, but they're not in that. T- they're in my top like fifteen. Yeah. Like if I went ten, they would be in there, there. In there. There's some guys in there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I mean, for cause, cause Rakim influenced me. All those MCs influenced me. You know, the ones I named influenced me in. Two of them were our peers. Yeah. So it, that's when it gets hard, you know, because I've been in a cipher with Tupac. I've been in a cipher with Buster. I, I go, you know, these guys are my peers. So it's kind of like crazy. So when I pick my peers, because I know those guys. Yeah. You know what I mean, I so. feel like he's starting to show off though a little bit right now. What's that? I feel nah. like he's well, I just like, lived that long. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just, just me. I just <laughs> lived that long. I'm just I don't. Said, I just <laughs> lived that long. Doctor Dre. I ate dinner. Right. So I mean, Michael Jackson after eating barbecue chicken. Tupac. Me and Tupac sat at my mama table and ate dinner before a lot of times. Everybody's been at this house. Wow. Michael Jackson ate his barbecue. Right. Exactly, and not to say it like, and not chicken. to say it like this. All this shit, I can bang. <laughs> not to say it, but so I mean, Tupac. Mm-hmm. At what point? Okay, how did you? How, how did that happen? Like, well, how was that relationship? Here's a, here's with a crazy thing with Tupac is that you know Digital Underground's manager was above the law's road manager. Was it Adrian? Adrian Gregory. Adrian Gregory. Right. Uh-huh. So when we first came into the industry, we sang out a lot with um, Digital. Okay, really tough in our early days. And um, there was a kid coming up, right. and um, he used to always hang out. Whenever he come to L.A., we're like, hey, come hang out with us. And he just happened to be a guy that used to come to L.A. And when he came to L.A., he just happened to hang around us. We he put him under our wing. Clown around, and it, yeah. they hang around. Yeah, he just happened to start hanging out, out right. with us. Right. And it's funny because Call It What You Want on Black Mafia Life, which is his first feature outside of digital, and it's right before he dropped his first record, Whoa. was Call It What You Want. Yeah. It just came out later. You know what I mean? Because that's the record that was delayed. You know, I'll tell you that story too. <laughs> but 
that's when we started hanging out really tough. And it's funny because Shock G couldn't come to the studio to do Call It What You Want. He kept standing us up. So Mun and Pac came. Wow. And uh, Pac was like, I'll get on it. And, and Mun <laughs> always make me mad with this story. He said, I'm going to tell the real story. <laughs> I'm going to tell y'all the story. We didn't want Pac on the record. Okay. Because we wanted to do a record with Digital Underground and uh-huh. Above the Law. And at that and point, Pac Tupac hadn't wasn't came out come yet. out yet. He hadn't right. come out. He was just a dude hanging around, babe. I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry to tell <laughs> right. you that. My, my little homie. Oh, no. I remember he was the background dancer. <laughs> That's when he was the background dancer. Okay? Right. He was like, you mean the background dancer? Yeah. We got he on said, the mic. He said, hey, man, what y'all call y'all sound? We call it G-Funk. He said, we call it round when they killed that record. I said, oh, Okay. <laughs> Tell Shock he can stay at the airport wherever you want to. We could have cut that shit. Wow. <laughs> and that was the birth of him. Now, Beast, man. I love that guy, man. And that, he had never left our side. The funny thing about people don't know about Thug Life, Thug Life is me, KMG, his brother, Mo, which is Mo Preen, uh-huh. his big psych, his big stretch and stretch's brother from Live Squad when they were Live Squad. Wow. It was Rated and Macadocious. That's yeah. Thug Life. That's the original thug life. What happened was when we was going to launch it, everybody blew up. Pac blew up. We blew up and we couldn't do the record. Uh So when they were, we was on tour, they was like, well, we going to do the first thug life record. And the next one going to be the click. Live squad blew up. All they got to deal with Tommy boy. We got to deal with Sony. Everybody blew up. Right. Okay. So we couldn't do the thug life record as the click. Cause it was like, he said, well, forget it. I got a deal for it. And, and Pac said, I'm just going to do the first record with me, Mo, Psych, Rated, and Macadocious. You know what I mean? So they did the first record, but the second record was going to be all of us. That's mm-hmm. why back in the days, if you ever hung out, you used to see us all together. Right. Everywhere. We used to always be together. People, this is before the outlaws, this is before all that. Uh-huh. The Thug Life click was us, though. And people don't even know that story. You know, and, you know, no one minds to tell it because they kind of like make Thug Life be like a little blur in his career. But that's really the foundation of him when he came to L.A. and built this whole shit. So actually, you, Tretch, too, was going to be in how it. Did you, how, did, how did you and, feel when, like, they're part of Thug Life, too? So being part of Thug Life mm-hmm. from wait, the origin. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You said Tretch? Was yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tretch yeah, yeah, too. Tretch. Tretch, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Tretch and Pac Tretch. was. was really yeah, because that's the whole, that's the trifecta that we did. That's all. That's New York. That's L.A. It's the Bay in L.A., New York. Okay. It's a whole thing. Okay. It's sorry. all put together. Go ahead. So, like, yeah. when, when, so when Thug Life starts to get big and obviously yeah. way bigger than what you guys probably oh, yeah, thought, sure. how yeah. did you feel about that? Oh, we thought I was going to do the second album. We thought was gonna do the we thought was gonna do the second album as the click as the Thug Life click. We like shit. We finna get gas off that on, shit. Uh, right. And at that time, you know, people was coming. Wu Tang was coming. We was like, we'll kill that. Yeah. <laughs> we finna kill the, that. that you talking about most of the deadliest MCs come from the region, man. Come on, man. Listen to all them names I just told you. Yeah. Come on. Me, Tretch, Pac on the record, and KMG. What? Big Psych. What? <laughs> you don't want to hear that? Yeah. You're talking about some of the greatest dudes that been 16s at that point. And we was the we was the people. We was the people, man. Right. People. We talk, we was the people. When That's I say that, that means know. we talk for the people, man. His yeah. eyebrows are really raised. Yeah, he, right yeah, now. yeah, yeah. His Passionate. eyebrows are really talking about, man, listen, we, we right. really did that record, man. There would be no looking back. Doc, trust me when I tell you, we really <laughs> did that record, trust me. You lost your mind. Just right. think about that in your imagination. <laughs> right. right. 
And it was going to happen, man. It just went crazy. Everything went crazy. Right. That's when he got caught up with rape and all this. It went nuts. Everything went stupid right yeah. then. Everything went crazy, man. Everything went crazy. When, but did, I can't even... when did you realize, in being in the group above the law, when mm-hmm. did you realize, oh, my God, we really big? Was uh, there one moment? When I was, in, when I was in Inglewood, New Jersey, and kids was going nuts over murder rap, I said, this is a long way from Pomona, California. Man. Right, right, This right. is nuts. Yeah. This is crazy. Going to the hotel room and seeing yourself on MTV, I knew it was crazy. I was like, it's over with. And we were fools. If anybody know the history of Above the Law, we crazy. We was crazy. We were one of the craziest groups in the industry back then. We love to fight. You know, we love to fight. We yeah. love, as we, as we, we saw the shit out of Compton. We started. love to fight. <laughs> right. And that was the demise of, that's why people didn't really like the bookers. Our manager at the time and road manager at the time, when it all started setting off, was Suge Knight. Right. Uh oh. Okay. So, so ain't nobody, nobody yeah. wanted to and touch that. That was that. the height of our life. Nobody wanted to touch I, that. The dude who ran our clique was Laid Law, which was the enforcer in NWA. Nobody want to fuck with us. Right. Come right. on. Think about what he's saying. Yeah, but I did. That's when I knew it, though, babe. I knew. I knew it when I could. When I when I did like MTV, you know, regular. When I did like. Yo, yo, I mean, I did Rap City all the time. It was just regular. I was like, this is crazy, man. This is a dream, man. But I think what we were doing was more incredible to me because we didn't have any radio. And to be that successful, that was the kind of the incredible part. Yeah, that was Because we weren't incredible. mainstream. Right. We weren't a mainstream right. group, and we sold so many records. Like, we sold equivalent in one week that people sell a mill. We sold 180,000 records in one week, our first wow. album, Soundscan. And back then, SoundScan was only, what, 30% of it? Yeah, right, right, right. So right. just think about that. So just that. imagine how much yeah. it really was. And we were a hardcore hip-hop group. Oh, yeah, like, I knew y'all was big when I was... not getting any radio play. I, right, right. I, I knew y'all radio. was big yeah. when I was rapping y'all in heels. Yeah, they, uh, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. <man. laughs> hey, so Young Freak, go ahead, go ahead Smooth. You want well, to no, something? I think that's as he relates to that whole situation, I think from coming from the Midwest, from St. Louis, Oh yeah, we got... NWA. So, but now looking at the dynamic of what there was on Roofless, NWA kind of pull, pulled them in as a representation yeah. of what the street life of California, right. LA, California was. Mm-hmm. Above the law was the real representation was of what it was. Those people. were the guys the people, that like, were really in the streets yeah. for the people. For the people. Yeah, that's why I'll tell you, we rap for the people. We, we, we rap for the people. I'm a, so, Young Free, yeah. uh, here's what I want to do Uh-oh. before Hutch gets out of here. Let me get one more question. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell him myself. Go ahead. Um, first time I heard of y'all, mm-hmm. I was playing Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. <laughs> That's dope. <laughs> PlayStation 2, so forgive me for not knowing y'all before that. Don't worry. But, Murder Rap, and Murder Rap is the record. Yeah, so I'm like, yo, this track is hot. So I went, I bought the soundtrack. You know, to check out, you know, the song. But you I'm like, yo, like how does that feel right when a video game or something like that comes to you like, hey, we want to put your song in the game because it represents oh, what we're doing. Well, how did that feel? That's probably the most, like, crazy thing because you would never think that your song would be on a video game because, you know, we were making records back then. We didn't even ever imagine that people would put a hardcore hip hop right. record on a video game. Right. Because it was right. highly inappropriate. Right. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. We I didn't even. Uh, Kid video game? What's that? Right. And then you see what kind of game it is. Yeah, like, right. oh, it makes yeah. sense. And that's, hey, that, that's a good payday, dude. That Grand Theft Auto. Good payday. So, yeah. Um, young Free. So, yeah. can we play. What do you want to play? Let's play. Uh, we got to do Black Superman. You got to. 
Oh. Oh, we gotta let we we gotta have Hutch do this. Come on. Oh, my I, I, I'm gonna care right. Let's just let's, let's rock the first one. Yes. Yeah. Since we up in oh. here. Oh, rest in peace, KMG. Hey. Hit the back and then I blast away. How far, player? I push another thing off the ledge. Slide to the Chevy. Gun tied in the heavy. I'm a walking dead man. Is what they call me when I'm coming. So I'm kind of gunning high power on my way to the west side. It's a hell of a drive, so drive on. As I hit my dodo stick to the breaker dome Crime fight is what I do And if it's in my crew, don't take lightly To your busters and so we say fuck you Then book Tuck you in for the night As you think about the paper At the funeral site So when I'm hanging with the click And we in demand I feel good that the city of angels Call me Black Superman Superman Is anybody black Superman? Okay. Yo, it's hot. Hey! I'm at the I'm at the I'm at the <laughs> so, um, Can I do something? Can I do something? Can I do something for y'all? It's just gonna be really exclusive for you, 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 and all the people out there. Let's go. Oh, 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 oh. Now it was once set by an old low G. Yeah, and that's the key uh, Cause where I'm from, it's like a curse Cause see, once in a lifetime Everybody did some dirt I guess it got to me the same So at the age of 15 I entered the dope game I had my game locked up tight In the day I went to school But I clocked all night And when I went to class I always fell asleep But I was out like a microfiber If somebody beat my teacher say Boy, can't it wait? I said, no, I got to put some more icing on my cake. Uh, I think I saved about 50 G's. I bought a truck, a house, and a goof on D's. Miles was tripping, but she really don't know. All I'm thinking is she ain't on the county no more. Before my mama bust with the county again. I'd rather take the risk of doing five to ten. I'm not taking the checks, I'm straight making the checks. So now we deserve to get what we want to get. I got my mama up out of there. Because y'all just don't care. Uh, you really want to know why I so scum? Because my mama to me comes number one. And see you suck a mother don't understand. But to my mama, I'm a real black Superman. Hey, 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 hey. Black Superman. AM Cafe Show, bring that down, y'all free. How'd that, how that song come together? <laughs> it's funny. Okay. Black Superman was an idea that was a joke on a record that we did on a skit on Cocaine's album. Okay. Mm. One of our Jamaican partners, was, we was talking, and he's like, he was like, you don't know what you're talking about. He said, we bet in Jamaica, it's a black Superman. And we start laughing in the studio, right? Because we smoke weed and going crazy, drinking and shit. And everybody said, that'd be a dope song. <laughs> huh. So we stuck with it, and we said, but we want to make the record about empowering Taking that risk to take care of your family because Uncle Sam's Curse album was a gangster political album. So we wanted to say, like, okay, what do we label people in the, a man a man in the ghetto struggling for his family and, and taking a risk? 
possibly lose his life, possibly go to prison. We call him a black Superman. Right. So we kind of like carried that. It's like a joke that we carried and made it into a serious thing. And me and KMG created a topic, you know, and wrote the record. Because his his verse is about being like a madman out there caught up, taking a risk, getting money. I don't care. I'm going to get high, get much money as I can, fuck the police type of attitude. Mine's is more like, I'm going to do by all means, I'm going to take care of my family. I don't care if I got to go to jail. Right. I don't care about education. I just care about feeding my family. I'm going to take that risk. I'm going to throw all my life into it to feed my family like a superhero. So that's how we came up with it. Wow. You know? So, so kind of like what you said before, like being influenced by, you know, N.W.A., Chuck Mm -hmm. D., just that mix of the political versus the streets. Right. Based on where the music is now, mm-hmm. do you feel that there will be a resurgence or do you kind of see sprinkles here and yes. there of that awareness of the consciousness of yeah. the music again? I think I think it will because of two things. I, I think it will because the way music is now, like you can get direct to consumer. Yeah. And I think people like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and people Come like on, that. Kendrick. Yeah, people like that are starting to, like, push the envelope, and they're being very successful from it. So I think a lot of artists are going to take heed to that and be more. And I think the artists have to get a little bit more older. I think we grew up, growing up in, like, the crack era in the 80s and coming out of the 70s, we were more, like, conscious. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But we were rebellious. Right. You know, and I think now with technology and how everything is all smoothed out, Everything is cool, but we still got police brutality. We still got drugs in the ghetto. We still got a lot of drama. You know, uh, um, a lot of us are going to jails that are going to college. You know, it's the same scenario as we were going through in the 80s. So I think once a new young rapper comes up and wants to talk about that and he's highly entertaining, I think we have to get past that point. Because what people don't really realize about us, I think, was cool about our era. Even though a lot of these people, like I'll say P.E. influenced me because of two things. The deep content and they really entertained me. I love the way they put the whole thing together. It entertained right. us. It made us listen to those messages. You know, I probably would never know who Minister Farrakhan was. Absolutely. Or, you know what I'm saying? Or anything no, about the movement except for PE. You absolutely. Know? And I studied them. I remember the first PE record I heard was um Yo Bum One Rush to Show. Yo Rush to Show from the first yeah. album. Mm-hmm. The first album. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, that record got dissed on college radio. I was like, what is this dude doing? So I don't know what that is. But, but back then it was more like the PV hurrying the crazy stuff like that. You're like, <laughs> and they came with some different stuff and you know, kids start checking for it. Yeah. You know, when we're college, on a college level, they because, of, because of the, the, the intellect they were talking about, yeah. absolutely. And we came out of that era, and then it got more rebellious with gangster rap, right. even more. But I think people like P.E. birthed that. You know, I think they birthed, like, that kind of consciousness in hip-hop a lot. And, and it kind of gelled into that, and then it morphed into the 90s. That's why you got the party uh, artists, and you got the conscious. Right. And That's it all true. works complete. You know what I mean? Now I think it's too much of the party. You know what I mean? Because we do need to party because everybody likes to party. Absolutely, yeah. But we just need that balance again. And I think once a young group of people come along and start pushing that, and it turns into and it translates into dollars because I think a lot of those things had a lot to do with it translating into success. Yeah, is why it worked in that era. So yeah, I think it will come back if we can get some young guys to help and make it translate into coins. You know, because this is an industry, y'all. You gotta realize it's always been. I always say say to people, I was like, yeah, you know. The idea that Easy E have a ruthless records only worked because it worked. 
You know, <laughs> if it yeah. didn't work, it'd be like, remember them dudes? Five, they just did some stupid stuff, and it never caught. You know, <laughs> but it made millions and millions of dollars, and it made people pay attention to us in the industry. So it it, it birthed all this other stuff in the nineties, like us and the Wu Tang, and and so on and so on. You right. know what I mean? Here's so, another here's another quick one for you. Then uh, coming from the streets in the eighties, mm-hmm. how do you are you have you watched um, Snowfall at all? I haven't watched Snowfall. Yo, you okay. gotta watch Snowfall. I haven't watched Snowfall. It's amazing. I think so. I, I heard it's good. I'm I not, haven't seen it. I've either. been shooting my own show, so I kind of stay away from that stuff. Right. Oh, so like, you right. be influenced by? I just, I just kind of stay away from it. I don't want to be. Yeah, yeah. I don't. You saying it, but I'm not saying it. I, I love Singleton. <laughs> right. Now, Singleton's dope. I would love to be influenced by him, but it's just like my focus and how I want it to look. Yeah. I don't want to style want any it that way. It's an LA. Like the Black Godfather is an LA base series. Yeah. You know, but it's based from a high end, you know, perspective because the character in it that I play, Cornelius Blackwell, he's a uh, flamboyant multimillionaire playboy. Well, you know, if you so, need a, if you need a, 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 a yeah, really? she go. you act. Should she act? You, you know what? Shoot I your, do. shoot your shot, Marlo. I'm I'm Marlo. Shot. Shot. I have a, I have a role for you. Oh, damn. Oh. And I'm being serious. I do okay, have a role well, open right, right now. Hey, hey. Actually, I have two roles. I have to think about it. I have two roles open right now. But can I have you a shot act? But, uh, but can you yeah. act? Don't go. But can you act? We need to do the Marlo J screen. Yeah, we got to do a screen test. We got to do a screen test. Don't listen to. You might get Weinstein. Dealing with dealing. Oh, you oh. might get Weinstein yeah, dealing with dealing, man. Hey. <laughs> but to make you feel good, that's there, right. Right. There Listen, is no with me, it's going to be good. Listen, no, I'm going to tell you, you kind of my casting, <laughs> Weinstein, <laughs> for sure. That's I, what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, though. I'm going to let you know. It's off the, off the Hashtag me too. But right. yeah, the, the series, the series, that's why I don't watch a lot of the LA-based stuff because I don't want it to look like them, you know, based from that perspective. Cause I, but it's more of a high-end thing, so... But I'll run it to you off air. You oh, know. Marlo shot her it's shot. It's a character, though. It's a character for you. You got the look. She is a you got the look. over here. You got the You're look. You're a lesbian? You said you. Oh, lesbian. Oh, can I come, I <laughs> can I come oh over? Damn, Catherine Show, my man, Hutch, <laughs> once again, man. Open door policy. Yeah, so, man. Hutch, mm-hmm. when is the um the when, when is the series going to be? Series when, is when, when it's done, you got to come back. I got to come back. Because yeah. you'll love it. It's incredible. I'm interested. Yeah. I want to see it. I want to see incredible. his. Yeah. You know. And if you, if for any reason you need like a radio show in there and like, a, you know, on an episode. Oh, look okay. Who's shot. I, I mean, I got two. Manute Bowl. But here's yeah. the difference. Oh, <laughs> this, is, Doc, this is my friend. Now, this Doc knows he can do whatever he wants to friend. on the show. This so. is my friend. Okay, I don't need you to lower your brows. No, I'm going to let you to see how they went up. <laughs> this is my friend. Mm-hmm. AM well, we hope show. to be around a long, long time with the show, y'all. The Black Godfather. We hope yeah, it's a really so, great. I, I can't wait to see. It's it. a really great story. I can't. And you'll dig it. Are you the uh, who's are you writing it by yourself? You uh, I'll write, I have other people writing it. With. I wrote you. the whole synopsis by myself, but right. the episodes I, I, I do it with Come a on, lot synopsis. of the cast. Right. Synopsis. synopsis. Word of the day. Word of the day. Synopsis. Synopsis. AM Caffeine Show. Once again, my man Hutch in the building. He has projects coming out. Yes. TV stuff coming out. Make sure you follow him on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. What's your Instagram? The Real Call 187 on everything. It's, it, that's on everything. And does on the Rock... Twitter, on... And on Rock Honeys, uh, do, do you have your... Does that have its own Instagram as well? It, it will. It will. I'm not launching that until the uh, magazine launches, which is in April. So, and, and, so until then... Follow me, man. Just and, follow me and you'll man, not keep y'all updated. You, some, Please, some y'all of follow the me. females on there are... It's good. It's not raunchy. Yeah. Uh, They're beautiful females. Marla, I was hoping because 
because the way you hitting them jeans today. Yeah. Yeah. Would, and, and, and we will shoot hey, Marlo. Right. We will shoot her. Trust right. me. It's I will <laughs> call my photographer and, then, and the have a whole section. layout. Marlo, I'm trying her. to put you on. The boss lady. I'm trying to put you on. I'm trying to put you on. Is this what you do? Radio? This is what you do? I have a podcast. Okay. I have a podcast. So I have a podcast and I also do some television hosting. Wow. Right. And where did that come from? Right. Okay. Exactly. She's auditioning now. So yeah. I don't yeah. she gotta, she just, Can you do another one? Right. 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 Can, 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 can I take my coat off? Can you do another one? Right. <laughs> What's going on? You want to be the French maid? Yeah. What's going on? Okay, Governor. AM Caffeine Show, man. Thanks to my man Hutch. Make sure you rock with the AM Caffeine Show each and every Wednesday and Friday. Go to com any damn time. So I can't wait for this project with you and Cocaine. ALGF. Cocaine has his uh, mixtape coming yeah. out well, as well. Well, it's out. No, it's, it's out, out now. It's, it's out cocaine, now. not lemon heads. It's out now. It's out the now. Video uh, drops, it's the video drops tomorrow. tomorrow. And, a, and yeah. available everywhere, everywhere. to get uh, yeah, you can There get it, it is. Mm-hmm. AM Caffeine Show. You guys enjoy your day. We'll be back on Friday. And uh, I don't know if Marlo will be here. You might be in a set somewhere right. with that accent. Well, I don't need I, I, I will, I will be here. Don't be trying me. Follow me at Marlo J. Uh, shout out to my people at B Fly and my people KJ the KJ the Super Trainer hits boxing gym on Pico. Okay, wait, me in shape. So she's shouting out companies. That means somebody's she's getting yeah, a check. Somebody's paying her. Somebody's paying Shout out companies. Anytime you shout out a company, anytime you shout out a business, some she getting paid. I saw the envelope. I saw the envelope. It's all good. Pay off. Hey, and I got and I got something for y'all next time I come. I got I got a clothing line that I'm dropping. It's called Mansa Musa Royal Clothing. When is it it's coming re- out? It's coming. It's coming it's out. Coming. Gonna, it's coming out this summer. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So then we will and definitely represent. This we will man definitely. Got mad companies. Yeah, yeah. he does. As oh, you yeah, said, he's crazy. an entrepreneur, like he said. Yeah. He bought his business. He yes. bought his business. AM Caffey, so you guys enjoy. Uh, your day will be back on uh, Friday. Friday. There it is. Hey, free. So now you got a little bit of education. I did. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Now go home. I want you to listen to the. Uh, I want you to listen to the anthology. The mm-hmm. anthology. Of Above the Law. Okay. I'm going to test you on Friday. All right. Anthology. Go ahead. I mean, excuse me with your accent. I don't I'm even know who saying, you are right now. You know what album she likes things. to listen to? Busted makes you feel good. Busted makes you feel good, Marlon. In your mind. Shut up. AM Caffeine Show. You guys enjoy your day. Yeah. <laughs>